never say die! Hello everybody, welcome to episode 273 of 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I'm Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And after Riverdale and now the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, I'm looking forward to the live-action adaptation of Hong Kong Fui and Grape Ape with all sorts of teenage romance and a murder. <laughs> I don't think the creators of Archie and Sabrina ever realized that they'd be like, oh, wow, we made this show with lots of murder. It's the sexy adventures of Grape Ape. Uh, what? <laughs> Grape Ape. All right, so... <laughs> This week, we're talking about Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, and Sabrina, the, no, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. <laughs> I don't I want do to ape. It's okay. I'm a grape ape, not a rape ape. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. The Hodger podcast got removed from iTunes. You know I don't want to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I'm still dying over here. I just... I've got the theme song to Grape Ape going through in my head, and it's not the same anymore. <laughs> uh, if you like Grape Ape, you <laughs> might like the shows on the Podcast Collective. Might. Such as, I Am Salt Lake, Tales from the Hard Side, Mom and the New Dad, and of course, the Rad Dad Radio Hour. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, well, all right then. Uh, yeah. The guitar solo in the middle of that. Yeah, like that. <laughs> All right, our older stuff, iTunes, wow. Blueberry, Stitcher, Meow, TalkShoe, Podverse <laughs> FM, NoonFM.com, and Podchaser. Go to Podchaser, leave us a review. You can listen to our shows there. You can give us a call. 708-NOW-RAP. <laughs> no, I just, now I have Goldfinger stuck in my head. Podchaser! <laughs> yeah, let's not do this again. <laughs> we already did this game. I know! It's just Every time he does that, it's right in my head. <laughs> Wow. 708-669-9727. Speaking of which, we got any uh, voicemails there, Josh? I sure hope not. So no, I'm pretty sure I looked. Yeah. Nobody calls us anymore. It's Aww, so sad. We used to have people call us and tell us how much we suck, so I'm not sure if we've gotten better or worse. We're living in the future. I was listening to one of the old episodes, and we had like three voicemails. It was the Ass Blasters voicemail, and like now we don't get any. No one loves us. Well. I'm sad. <sighs> Now Call in and make me happy. Now it's about that time. That's not possible. Yeah, it is. Watch. This week in music, movies, and TV. And he meant it's not possible to make me happy. Oh. Yeah. Which it is possible. Well, I, have fleeting, it is. I have fleeting moments of happiness before the, you know, the, the bitter oppression settles back in. Cookies and <laughs> weed exist. <laughs> yeah, right? Weed is a thing. Did you say the bitter oppression? Yeah. Like life pushing you down, the oppression oh, of just, I was like, who's you know, oppressing you? The oppression of existence. You're, you're a white man in America. Who's <laughs> oppressing you? No one. I am the man. All right. So, September 27th, 1996, the premiere of <laughs> Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Ta-da. All right. Like, oh. I just said ta-da. I originally had it as the... Uh, a different date. It was the premiere of the the movie, the TV movie, which kind of served as the pilot. But we'd we'd already done that week, like not even a month ago. As yeah. soon as I started typing, uh, he was a performer of Toots Blues. I was like, wait a minute, this is familiar. <laughs> so music. The number one song in the land is unfortunate Macarena by Los Del Rio. Happy cracky pony Macarena. Hey Macarena. <laughs> I have I have a dark dark Macarena. You can do all the moves. 
Did I, you win a dance con- competition <clears throat> by doing the Macarena? I did the Macarena in Disneyland at what's what's the name of the park they used to have there, Josh? That was that's from uh, Pinocchio. What? What was it? There was yeah, a. Yeah, I was gonna make some guesses until you said Pinocchio. No. Yeah, no, no the, the island that Pinocchio went to, Pleasure Island. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was when Macarena was. This was still popular when we got married, and they had a large group of people doing the Macarena on Pleasure Island for the celebration of New Year's Eve, which they celebrate every night. It was a weird. <laughs> My honeymoon was kind of. Str- I thought Mike was gonna say he was the other member of Los Dario. Los Del Michael. I think he was trying to shush so us, but it sounded end. like the TV oh. just went to static. <laughs> <laughs> Did somebody just turn off an electro TV? So at the 30th Annual Country Music Awards held October 2nd, Brooks and Dunn won Artist and Album of the Year. Now, Patrick, being from Texas, is this Brooks and Dunn, is that a thing, or are they just yeah. kind of like... No, I mean, they were they were big you know, for a while, but you know, now they're kind of washed up and nobody really cares. Okay. They don't even get booked for the rodeo or anything anymore. Is that like the lowest Whoa. you can get? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying, like, like the rodeo is the biggest you can get, and they, you know, they don't, they don't draw enough people to get booked for it anymore. Oh wow. Yeah. Now they got Fetty Wap. <laughs> I'm gonna go with you're probably wrong on that, but I don't know enough about Texas to say. <laughs> well, the first time I ever saw Cool in the Gang in person was at the rodeo. So they do, they, they, oh. they book non-country at, or at X. So, but the country ones are the most popular, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like I think Adele was at, at it. Um, or somebody like Adele, some a big name was that last year. <laughs> it was a farmer and Adele. <laughs> that was that was who played Jeez. at the rodeo. Oh, it was Del Griffith. It was Del Griffith, the, the shower curtain ring salesman. That's who it was. So on September 29th, Alanis Morissette ended her fi- first ever national tour in Houston. Isn't it ironic? Don't you think? I wish I had a fork. It's just as ironic as anything in her song. I think we made him mad. <sighs> or he's disappeared again. No, I'm just. No, it's, I mean, it's an old argument. It's, you know, it's low-hanging fruit, but it's true. Samuel Robert Gibson was an American folk singer and a key figure in the folk music revival in the 50s and 60s. His principal instruments were banjo and 12-string guitar. He produced a number of LPs, and his best-known album, Gibson and Camp at the Gate of Horn, was released in 1961. His songs have been recorded by, among others, The Limelighters, Simon and Garfunkel, The Birds, The Smothers Brothers, Phil Ox, The Kingston Trio, and the acronym of the week, PPAM. I'm pretty sure that's Priscilla Presley, anal mistress. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, if only. Oh, Google, go to work. Let's see. God. <laughs> no, that's that's Peter, Paul, and Mary. You were close. I'm going to need like some closure on this whole Pam, Pam thing. Everyone's going to need some time to process thinking about Priscilla Presley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Naked gun. Mm-hmm. Nice beaver. Thank you. Just had it stuffed. I just had it stuffed. His career was cut short by his addiction to drugs and alcohol. After getting sober, he attempted a comeback, but the musical scene had changed and his traditional style of folk music was out of favor with the young audience. He did, however, continue his artistic career with albums, musicals, plays, and television performances. In 1993, progressive supernuclear palsy, PSP, took him to the bridge at the age of 64. And oh, That sounds like something you would get to become a superhero. Right? Yeah. He's he, he's now starring in Superman 5. Progressive super nuclear. With Richard Pryor. What are the Superman symptoms? 5, the quest for the fugal horn. If at any point we hear Joel say, don't move, don't even blink, I'm gone. Just want you guys to know. <laughs> <laughs> don't yeah. move, don't even blink. Pat laughs, he doesn't even know why. I don't know why, but I, I, I get the... I, I know that it's got to be some kind of time travel oracle type joke, and that's why it's funny. Dude, you even seen the episode. 
And it's only because I'm doing movies that I didn't hang up the call just to complete the joke. <laughs> what episode? Blink. Blink. Man. Oh, yeah. No, I've never watched it. Huh? Yeah. Oh, what? you faked it when we did the Doctor Who episode. What? With the Weeping Angels? Yeah, I, I never got to see it. Why? I, I wanted to see it, but I never got to. Moving on to movies, then. And I'm disappointed in the number one movie in the land. Wait was... a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! The Weeping Angels are they the ones that look that, like the, angels the that are crying? That move when you. Oh, yeah. I did watch that one. Yes. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I was thinking Blink was a movie. No, no, it and was. that was that's an episode of Doctor Who, right? Yes. Okay. And that was yeah, his, I did, okay, his, I did uh, warning to her was yeah. don't move, don't even blink. Ah, uh, now okay, I'm there. We're there. All right. And it was a movie too. Movies. The number one movie in the land was The First Wives Club. Hooray. Not I never bothered to see it. Well, when I first heard about it, I thought it was going to be a movie about, like, you know, the wives of presidents. I'm deadly serious. And I was like, why would I want to watch that? And when I found out what it was, I was like, why would I want to watch that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Movies released this week include Two Days in the Valley, Extreme Measures, Bound, The Glimmer Man, and That Thing You Do. Pretty good week. Yeah. I mean, even, even The Glimmer Man is not bad for just a stupid action comedy, you know? And I think uh, Bound is uh, criminally underrated. I agree. We we all watched that together. That was one of them. Did we? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you were there, Mike, but uh, definitely me, Joel, and Josh watched. Yeah, I, I know it was one that Joel brought back because I think it's Tarantino adjacent. Because we saw it at the house. Well, Wachowski yeah. Brothers. Yep. And the thing you do is also underrated. Yes, oh, it is. Oh, for sure. Now, remember, going, here's the reason I was not with you when you saw that is because at this time I was still living in Georgia. That okay, that explains it. Right. And when we went to go see that thing you do, Suzanne walked out of the theater and was like, Lenny reminds me of Pat, the Steve <laughs> Zahn's character. Odd. Not really. Great movie. I mean, I can see it. Great yeah. soundtrack too. Oh yeah. You're a great soundtrack. <sighs> All right, here we go. Dorothy Lamore <laughs> was an American actress and singer and was born Mary Lita Dorothy Slayton on December tenth, nineteen fourteen. She is best remembered for appearing in the Road 2 movies, a series of successful comedies starring Bing Crosby and Bob Hope. I love those movies. Yep. Yeah, the Road movies were always great. Lamore began her career in the 1930s as a big band singer, and she moved to Hollywood in 1936. Her appearance in The Jungle Princess brought her fame and marked the beginning of her image as the Sarong Queen. In the 1970s, Lamore revived her nightclub act and in 1980 released her autobiography, My Side of the Road. She made her final on-screen appearance in 1987 in the movie Creepshow 2. She mm -hmm. and George Kennedy appear as an aging couple who were killed during a robbery and the wooden Indian statue in front of their general store came to life to avenge their death. Mm -hmm. The 72-year-old Lamore quipped, well, at my age, you can't lean against a palm tree and sing Moon of Menorca, Manakura. Manakuka. <laughs> Whatever, yeah. People would look at that and say, what is she trying to do? I don't know what that sentence. Lamour died at her home on September 22nd at the age of 81. Absorbed. It's, a, it's, it's always a shame when you have these great actors and actresses whose final appearances were these terrible movies. Creepshow 2 is good. Yeah, it was all right. It's, uh... Yeah. Creepshow, I mean, I, okay, Creepshow 2 was good. Not Definitely not as good as Creepshow 1. True, but I mean, when you talk about Creepshow 2, the Wooden Indian story is the one I remember yeah, most. It, it is yeah, the that, was a good, that was a good story, yeah. Either that one or the thing that's floating under the water. The lake thing, yeah. The, yeah, the oil that scared thing. the shit out of me. Yeah. That, and the other person, okay, another person was um, uh, Raul Julia. I mean, yeah, he's going to be the prototype for that <laughs> example. Yeah. 
I mean, but I'll tell you this, man. He played it to the hilt in Street Fighter as uh, Balrog in that one. I mean, Balrog? No, who'd he play? M. Bison. M. Bison. M. Yeah. Bison. He did a great job at it. Just, it was a terrible movie. For me, it was a two. <laughs> you just reminded me of the day that I quoted that, and you guys were pointed out that I was quoting Street Fighter. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've come full circle. All right. TV, the top shows in the land were very 1996 ER, Seinfeld, Suddenly Susan, and Friends. Good God. Very 90s right there. Uh, so Mark Frankel was a British actor. I know where this is going. Known for his leading roles in the British film Leon the Pig Farmer <laughs> and the American TV series Kindred the Embraced. Oh, good God. Man, that should... I, I'm so still sad about Kindred the Embraced. I am too. That should I'm not been, familiar with it. it. It was White Wolf's attempt to get the uh, Vampire the Eternal Struggle onto... It could have been so good. And it was close. It was. It was. I remember watching it in the dorm room. What was wrong it needed, with it? It needed a cigar store, Indian. <laughs> it just, it just didn't, it just didn't catch on. I don't know. Yeah, I think it didn't make enough changes to be mainstream popular, and wasn't close enough to the source material to catch the <clears throat> entire original White Wolf audience either. It right. like tried to tread a middle path and failed to get anybody. Yeah, it was. That one was actually. Man, we should do that vampire TV fun. Anyway, so Mark Frankel. The 34-year-old actor died in an accident on September 24th from injuries sustained when he collided with a lorry in Chiswick, West London, while on his yellow, custom-built Harley-Davidson, one of only six in the world of its kind. Man, that is not the death for a guy who was in Leon the Pig Farmer. <laughs> you, you've obviously that never seen Leon the Pig Farmer. Is, apparently it's an allegory for something. Uh, his death is considered a mystery as he was an avid, skilled, and careful motorcycle driver. During the inquest, one of the investigators stated that there was no apparent reason for the accident. wonder who he pissed I off. Think, I think I showed you guys Leona the Pig Farmer, but that was a different... Uh, so... On October 1st, Animal Planet and Discovery Civilization launched. Only one of those is still around. That would be Animal Planet bad. <laughs> Just saying. Moving, moving on to sports. On September 29th, the Houston Astros retired Nolan Ryan's number 34. Was he still in it? On September 26th, San Francisco Giant Barry Bonds became the second player to hit 40 home runs and steal 40 bases in a season. Pretty impressive. What's the average? Oh shit, the average. Um, I mean, I mean, I here here's my be, question. I don't know why that's. Yeah, what would be a good? Normally, you, for... you're either a home run hitter or a base stealer. You're not good enough to do both because oh, okay. to hit home runs you got to be powerful you know to hit that many home runs you got to be a big hitter and to steal you got to be quick okay. so you know, so he's powerful gotta, and quick yeah barry bonds was one of the best baseball players to ever play the game he's easily in the top 10 even before he started roiding out i am retroactively impressed continue <laughs> <laughs> shut up over the course of his 17 year career roberto alomar established himself as one of the best second basemen in professional baseball he won 10 Golden Gloves, recorded 2,724 hits, stole 474 bases, and was a 12-time All-Star. But he may unfortunately be most known for a heated transgression that he committed on September 27th that almost canceled that year's postseason. It was the first inning, and the Baltimore Orioles were playing in Toronto. Umpire John Hirschbeck struck out Roberto on a called third strike, and Alomar went ballistic, firing a series of brutal insults before manager Davey Johnson could interfere. Alomar, who was ejected by that point, suddenly spit right at Hirschbeck's face. 
prompting further bickering before Alomar could be hauled away. Alomar later said he was prompted to spit on Hirschbeck when the ump began using racial insults, partic particularly one about his mother. Hirschbeck denies this claim to this day, saying that he used any vulgar if he used any vulgar language, it was after he was spit on, not before. Davy Johnson, catcher for the Toronto Blue Jays, never divulged what he heard at home plate, only saying, I think they're both guilty. Oh, he got suspended for five games. Uh, Wait, Davy Johnson? <laughs> no. <laughs> Roberto Alomar got suspended for five games. Um, Racial insults? And he only <laughs> had to serve three of them when it turns out to it all paid. And the umps were like, uh, fuck that shit. And they were really pissed off. And they, you know, and they threatened to sit out, and the uh, the postseason was about to start. And they're like, you know, unless you know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna let people spit on us, you know. And basically, the only thing that saved them was the collective bargaining agreement they had already signed that said, you know, hey, you're, you know, according to this agreement, you can't sit out no matter what, you know, blah blah blah. And they they stuck to their contract, and postseason went on. Dorothy Lamore? I think that joke is done, Joel. If it wasn't before, it is now. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly for the twee on september 29th the nintendo 64 made its debut in america three months after it had debuted in japan there are people who love the nintendo 64 controller those people are wrong that's the just the square one right no, no. that's it's the one, the one, one with, <laughs> that's the one like with an alien penis. spaceship is that the one with the third thing prong in the middle yep yes okay yeah, it literally looks like a spaceship. Yeah. Which is, if retroactively, it's actually the Wii controller just separated. Because it's beep, beep, got that little... I, re I remember that because it was one of those things like when I was down in uh, Georgia and Suzanne's like, yeah, you got three three different um, uh, systems that are coming out. So I she's like, get one for your birthday. It was either the 64, the, P the PlayStation, or the Saturn. And I chose the... And I hate to say it, but I really wish I had gotten the Saturn. Huh. I think you chose wisely. I chose wisely, but you know me and my I really enjoy weird and quirky games. You and got the, a point. The Saturn had a lot of weird and quirky games. Oh you, you know what I you know what I speaking of like just consoles in general, I feel bad about um all the times at Gamers Paradise being the good salesman that I am, how many people I talked into buying the three D O system. Yikes. Ooh. Yeah. I mean I had to talk like two dozen people into buying that thing. Patrick. <laughs> Even I'm ashamed of you, and I don't understand the joke. <laughs> oh, man, the 3DO system, it was just this gaudy, awful... Expensive. That's whole... why you did it, man. That thing was like three times cost of the of the, uh, the PlayStation. It ran. It was like equivalent to now. It was like $1,200 for this. Why, why do you think Marty loved me so much? <laughs> How the hell did you talk him into that? Now I can get more <laughs> hairspray. <laughs> Oh, Marty was such a good guy. You ever notice you've never saw Marty and Steve Perry in the same room together? <laughs> right. He looked so much like Steve Perry. It was ridiculous. Like, why are you not in a cover band? Because <laughs> I can't sing. Just stand there. Uh, we'll, so... we'll have a Korean guy sing in the background. <laughs> All right. So take us out, Keyboard Joel. <laughs> All right. So Sabrina the Teenage Witch came out in 1996. Uh, when a 16-year-old high school student finds out she's a witch, her two aunts offer guidance on how to control her newly discovered magical powers. Well, they're not wrong. This, yeah, uh, I mean, that's, that's a pretty succinct... Pretty succinct? Yes. Uh, succinct? Yeah, pretty succinct uh, summary. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. 
So uh, this stars A1, Melissa Joan Hart as Sabrina Spellman, also known for her uh, her adventures in Clarissa, Clarissa Explains It All before this and uh, Drive Me Crazy and Melissa and Joey. That's a thing that she did, too. Uh, Yo, girl. Girl. <laughs> uh, Nick Bacay as Salem Saberhagen. Is it Bacay or Bakey? I think it's Bacay. Bacay! <laughs> Jeez. No. Uh, who was he? <laughs> as the Bacay. voice of Sam. <laughs> Why is that so funny? Uh, he was also the producer of Serena the Teenage Witch, the oh. writer of Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. And did voices in both Zookeeper and the Angry Beavers. Holy shit, it's all coming together. (laughs) (laughs) I know. A little bit of research and the whole web shows up, doesn't it? Oh. Yeah. Finkel is Einhorn. (laughs) So, Caroline Ray? Ray? Caroline Ray as Hilda Spellman, uh, one of the aunts who's teaching Sabrina about her uh, witchiness. Uh, you know her from such classics as Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, Ready to Rumble, and Christmas with the Cranks. And various talk show appearances. Yes. She's another one of those people who was in that thing that you remember. She's a ray of sunshine. I get uh, it. I get it. And then Beth okay. Broderick okay. is <laughs> Zelda Spellman. Uh, she is also known for such classics as... Oh, God. Sabrina, the Teenage Witch. Sabrina, the Teenage Witch. <laughs> Psycho Beach Party, where she played Mrs. Ooh. Ruth Forrest. Bonfire what? of the Vanities, which I think would be Ooh, cool if we could figure out how to do that one. That was that was a train wreck. That was. Uh, and I, I don't know how you can do Tom Hanks, Bruce Willis, and Melanie Griffith and not get a great movie out of it, but they did it. So Yeah, they found a way. Good for them. <laughs> and Lost, where she played Diane Jansen. I don't, I don't even remember that character. I don't either. No idea. She was the smog monster. <laughs> the smog monster's name was Diane? She, she was the one that made the train noise all the time. No. Oh, good for her. Okay. <laughs> She's in the studio. <laughs> Beth, can you tone it down just a little? That train sounds angry. Uh, so some show trivia. Sabrina's address is 113 Collins Road. Uh, this is a reference to Dark Shadows from the 1966 TV show, the gothic ghosts and witchcraft series, which featured the witch Angelique Bouchard and the Collins family. Which Broward. We, we need to do. Dark Shadows is on the list. It, it is, is pronounced Broward. It's been on the list since like year one. I know, because nobody wants to do that. Dark Shadows played for, God, how many years? Like literally like three or four. You sure? Pretty sure. It came back several times. But... Oh, yeah. It came back like a mid-80s one. Six seasons. What? Six seasons and 1,225 episodes? Oh, <laughs> season. Good God. That's a lot. What are, they, what are they doing, 10 shows a day? It seems like. Well, I know it was a, It was literally a soap opera. Yeah. My mom watched it. That's why. So if it was five days a week. Yeah, that, that makes that, sense. That would, yeah, that makes sense. All right. So the zip code for Sabrina's town of Westbridge, Massachusetts is 01970. Same zip code for Salem, Massachusetts, the Witch City. And in 2006, Turkey decided to make a remake of this show called Academicati. And that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, so uh, 1996, Sabrina the Teenage Witch came out for reasons. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it was another one of those Archie spinoff type things. Yeah, I had no idea this was an Archie thing until I read the trivia. 
You you didn't know Sabrina was an Archie thing? No, I had no idea. I mean, I didn't watch the show on its first run or anything. I didn't know anything about it. This is the first time I've ever watched it. It came up when we were doing the Riverdale show, didn't it? It had. Yeah, to. but I, I wasn't on the Riverdale show, remember? <gasps> oh. It all makes sense now. It completely, everything makes sense. Yeah, I wasn't on the Riverdale show. I didn't, uh, never saw Sabrina before. Okay. So I, I had no idea this was all tied together. Was this a Nickelodeon show? No. I don't know. No, this wasn't on Nickelodeon. It was like a UP or CW or something? It's something like the like WB. <laughs> the WB. I thought this was like a TGIF kind of comedy. Like, I remember hating this. It's, well, I'm, I know we'll get into it. But yeah. uh, Sabrina actually got a tagged on. It was Sabrina, just supposed to be Sabrina. But it was actually the same year that the remake of Sabrina came out. The one with uh, um, Harrison, Harrison Ford. Ford. Yeah. So they didn't want any confusion for some reason with people that went to go see Sabrina the movie and were seeing well, I thought it. that's what we were doing at first. What did you watch? No, I did watch the right thing, but I'm not oh. even joking. I thought we were doing the movie Sabrina, and I was like, oh, we're going to go back and watch the early, really early one? Oh. Okay. And then I realized you guys were talking about Sabrina the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I was, I was like, it literally was like, like the first 15 seconds. I was like, that's the topic? Really? <laughs> I actually kind of wish you did. <laughs> All right, so uh, episode one, season one. Uh, on her 16th birthday, Sabrina Spellman finds out that she is a witch. However, because she wakes of... up levitating. Yes, she floats. Instead of helping her, it actually makes life more difficult. Bum, bum, bum. Especially after she gets on the wrong side of the head cheerleader, Libby. Just the description of this first episode makes me never want to watch the rest of it. I, I think what, well, aside from the uh, <clears throat> the first five minutes of the show... The point where I really was like, okay, this is just not good, is where the, her and her friend are walking down the hall, and her friend's like, you want to hear a joke? And she's like, yeah. And she's like, um, there was something about, like, who? what's the best Brad in the world? And she's like, what? And she's like, Brad Pitt, as if any other one matters. And that was a joke. And I'm like, it's not. that's not a joke. It's not funny. And fuck. It yeah. Was just, so uh, episode one stars uh, Nate Reichert, Richard Reichert, whatever, it doesn't matter, as Harvey okay. Kegel. Uh, yes. And you know what's funny is that all these people that I'm looking, you know, when you look them up, it's like known for Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, and the Tony Danza Show. <laughs> Angela! That's oh, a one-two on punch show. right there. Um, Yeah, everybody's got like Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, except for Paul Feig. Feig? Feig? Feig. 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 Yes. Paul Feig. Paul uh, Feig had a very good career. Yeah, it has yes. a good He's like the so only one who has escaped the. Um... Well. Well, obviously not counting cameos and things like that. I was gonna say. Yeah. Penn and Teller, Debbie Harry. You can't. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. That the only thing that this show had going for it was the amount of of uh, cameos. So. Yeah, it sounds like we're all just gonna be tearing this down. But <laughs> I find that usually when I hate something when it first comes out, decades pass. And my attitude towards it softens. That was not the case with this show. <laughs> if anything, it's worse than I remember. It's it's just not very well written. Uh, you know, the, the, the jokes are stale. The storylines are, are minimal at best. Everyone overacts. I just, I couldn't understand how it made it past, you know, the pilot, let alone a full season. I mean, this, like the overacting is so, I mean, it's on like Saved by the Bell levels. Uh, I'd go. It's, it doesn't even have a screech, so I'm gonna put it below Say by the Bell. Oh, but here's here's the thing that does re that does like I hate to say redeem this show before we completely start punching it into the ground. <laughs> uh, Joel, you had mentioned this first episode. Uh, Michelle Bundon, Jennifer Kelly, her best friend Paul Feig 
whatever his name is, Eugene Poole as a teacher, Bakai as Salem Saberhagen doing the voice of the cat, Teller as Skippy, Debbie Harry as Cassandra, um, Pendulette as Drell. This, I think the reason this show lasted is because of the cameos. It And it was on for a long freaking time. 19, well... No, I take that back. 1996, 1997. But it had how many? One, it had seven episodes in that time, which is strange. They really cranked them out. They knew it wasn't going to last. Crank out these shows. Um, I did find out the definitive list from Comedy Central UK of people that have shown up on this show. So uh, Gunther from Friends. Andrew Roddick, as a, he's a tennis player. Keenan and Kel. Keenan Wyans. Oh, um, Keenan uh, Williams was on it. Uh, NSYNC was on this show. What? Uh, yes. They came up with all kinds of weird reasons to have people on this show because the um the I watched five episodes of this show and I watched the first three and then I looked up the best episodes and uh, two of them were like almost back to back so I watched those two and okay. one of them was like a big Halloween episode and like randomly at the end suddenly they're just like oh here you know we're they're having a Halloween party and they just open some doors oh look it's the, 10,000 maniacs and they're just what? yeah yeah and just singing a song and you know and everybody dancing around oh Dude, yeah this is a great party you know, cisco like, was on this show as a cameo playing a vampire fucking cisco <laughs> rupaul was on this show coolio plays himself as a talking poster I mean, they wrote in so many really dumb plot lines just to have these celebrity cameos and stuff. It's just, I mean, this this is not a well-written sitcom by any well, standard. And I guess you think about, <clears throat> it's not focused at our age group. Well, it might have been uh, unintentionally. But, you know, the, the, the demographic that they're try- trying to hit, I guess there wasn't a lot out there really to watch. So perhaps because, you know, they had limited viewing and they throw in these little things here and there, maybe. Dude. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not meant to be an advanced sense of humor type writing. It's written for, you know, uh, the 10 to 15 year old demographic, you know, and, you know, for what it is, it's it's fine. But it's not, you know, it's not smart enough to even have jokes in there for people that are watching that, that aren't target demographic, which is kind of what's annoying about it. Like. You watch a Pixar movie, and they're like, yeah, we know what our target demographic is, but we also know we've got other people watching, too, so we'll throw in some jokes for them. And mm-hmm. shows like this don't even bother doing that. No. This this was I – mean, and, God, I'm going through this list. Sally Jesse Raphael <laughs> was, was – I mean, the, the list is ridiculous. Sally Jesse Raphael, uh, um, got Dick Van Dyke. Was was on this also? In sync was also on this show. Did I say in sync already? Back I know yeah. Backstreet Boys and In Sync were both on this show. Ooh. Brian Cranston had a cameo on this show and the actual Britney Spears. Well, and Cranston at this point was you know at this point Cranston would do was ready to do anything to get his career going. Yeah, because he I, hadn't even done Malcolm in the Middle at that point. I don't think. Yeah. No, this is before Malcolm in the Middle. I mean, I know I was initially impressed when they had um, Penn and Teller on there, but it was just one. of it was like it, it it seems like they they wrote it for the nine year old, ten year old set, like you said, but put in the cameos just to see if the parents would recognize that Debbie Harry was sitting behind the desk, not saying anything the entire time. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny to me, <laughs> <laughs> but he might be right. They might just be like, you know, we're not even going to draw attention to the fact that this is, you know, so and so and yada, yada, you know. Yeah, there's there is no. OK, so season one, episode one. 
Uh, she's she becomes a witch, blows it off, and then gets on the wrong side of the head cheerleader Libby, and instead of turning her into a newt or something, worries about it and wants to, wants to turn back time. To... If I could turn back time, like something so important as turning back time, <laughs> it's like oh, I had a bad day in high school. Um, no, I think we're gonna save that maybe for like you know. <laughs> presidential assassinations or things like that. You know? I, I did like Pendulette. Like, oh, you're you know, you're who? Denied. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, pe- of course, Pendulette's awesome and everything. All right. So uh, I initially thought this was Blunt Friday, but it's actually Bunt Friday. Um, <laughs> in order to find out what Libby's been saying about her and Jenny, oh, Sabrina gives her a piece of cake covered with truth sprinkles. However, when her teacher shares a cake with students and teachers, Sabrina finds that the truth hurts. Truth sprinkles are meth. <laughs> <laughs> that explains so much. Um, it's the entire entire show is nothing but your standard teenage, like you said, Saved by the Bell type stuff with occasional witch references. Yeah. When did we get and like the any- caffeine pills episode? <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> and anytime, anytime there's a like a, a witch pun to be made, you've got to make it, of course, you know. And like the only thing that actually made me laugh during the five episodes I watched was um were the names of the like whenever they made uh, whenever they would would summon food or whatever it was they were called. They couldn't use brand names because witches couldn't, you know, couldn't replicate brand names. So like everything was like a little bit like Snickers bars. They'd, they'd have a Snookers. Okay. You know, or... I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, that's what I said. That's the only thing that made me laugh was <laughs> like, you want to, can I have a Pepsi? Uh, I got a Pepsi. <laughs> now here's, here's something. Do you remember the scene in episode two when the two guys are talking about being virgins? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you have student number one who is played by Curtis Anderson and student number two played by Philip Glasser, and you can tell who he was because his back was to the camera. Ready for it? He is the voice of Fievel Mouskowitz from An American Tale. Oh, holy crap. Explains why he's a virgin. Oh, he's somewhere out there. I know, right? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm disappointed I mean, in you again. <laughs> one would think after 25 years you'd be over that, but... Um, so, episode trivia for the Truth Sprinkles one. Under a truth spell, Jenny says to Sabrina that she thinks that Harvey and her are soulmates. In truth, Sabrina and Harvey are soulmates, as revealed in the very last episode in the very last season when they decided to throw that back and close out everything. From the, world, from the world of who cares. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god, that was in the first episode. Or second episode. Yeah. They must have been yeah. taking notes. <laughs> Right, who's gonna be the one to, to to like jot that down and on the finale get all excited? Like they did say it was all right. I have oh to wait God. for the reruns when they syndicate it. <laughs> all right, so episode three. So I don't think we're fans of this. Is, I, is no, I, we're version. not. That's the takeaway. Yes, <laughs> going away with that one. Yeah. So, uh, Serena, teenage witch, the true adventures of Rudy Kazuti. Oh God, that was such a dumb episode. Like there were so many oh. things about like that that she's babysitting this kid and somehow manages to turn him into a into Jack Black. Um, no, 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 and... no! Wait, 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 wait. Okay, in an attempt at earning some money to buy rollerblades, Jesus Christ! Because, um, because, because what she got were were what was it, what was it called? Uh, roller blahs. Roller blahs. <laughs> 
Which is the, that's like the only funny thing that they did in that whole show was like all the fake names of things. Well, when she goes, even the little kid on the box looks unimpressed or something like that or looks sad. <laughs> yeah, and the picture on the kid, he's kind of like doing that womp, womp, womp. You know. <laughs> However, she, Sabrina takes a job babysitting a little boy. However, when she's trying to calm him down, she inadvertently casts a spell which turns him into a man. All right, so all the regular cast, including what the hell, Randy Travis. Eddie, yeah, like for no reason. Like, literally just there for like three lines of dialogue that make no real sense. Okay, and I have to say this. Randy Travis was extremely calm for the fact that this apparently has happened multiple times. Right? Oh, I've been summoned by the witches again. You know, it didn't ever happen in the middle of a concert or anything. <laughs> you think more people. And then starring also Eddie Sibrain? Sibrain? Who is this guy? You don't know? All right, smartass. He's, he's got quite a resume, actually. He's a stand-up, stand-up comedian. He is? News to I me. Think so. I so. All right. Is is this cool? A, a guy who actually I should know? I wouldn't say you should know, but I mean, he's not an unknown. Okay. All right. I'll buy it. I had no idea. Okay, at that point, now, strangely enough, the second Big Rudy showed up, I'm like, oh, my God, that's TV's Frank from uh, MST3K, Mystery Science Theater. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was also a writer on the show and also a writer <laughs> for uh, Invader Zim. I had no idea he was so blonde. I think that might have been a wig. Interesting resume. No, no that's, his, that's his hair, dude. Is it really? It is. Oh, man. Yikes. Uh, so Mom is played by Beth Kennedy, best known for the remake of Race to Witch Mountain. Have we done that? Oh, we saw that. We did? Yeah, okay. we did do that. And uh, she was also in Kong Skull Island. And Jim Hanks as Jerry the Dad... Who's done his most recent thing is something called Extracted. It's been announced and Abnormal Attraction, where he plays Frank Stein. I mean, these people are getting business. He does the voice of Woody in Kingdom Hearts 3, the video game. Uh, Whoa! As in, there's a snake in my boots? Woody? Yeah. He does the. Apparently, he does the voice of Woody in all the video games. So they're like, we can't get Tom Hanks. Get Jim Hanks. Wait a second. Are you looking it up to see if I'm related? looking to see if he's actually. <laughs> Uh, he's not related to Tom Hanks, but interestingly, he is the younger enough, brother of Tom to, Hanks. He's related to Colin Hanks, but not Tom. He shut up. He's actually the Tom. <laughs> yeah. What just happened? He was his. He was Tom Hanks' running double in Forrest Gump. There you go. <laughs> that's funny. And that is his brother, then. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, his brother was his running double. Oh, that's funny. That's crazy pants. So I suppose you got to start somewhere. Um, a trivia for this show, it, I mean, I had nothing. I tried, I tried to do like trivia for the show, the, the whole show. And then I tried to do trivia for each episode. And the trivia for this one was like Randy Travis is the country Western star. To be fair, the entire show is sort of trivial. You ain't lying. Uh-huh. I see what you did there. You're not wrong. Yeah. So, um, I felt dumber for watching it. I mean, I had hoped this would hold up a little better. So this wouldn't just be an excuse to talk about the chilling adventures of Sabrina, but like so many of my hopes, it was all for naught. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just, I mean, it's just not good. The jokes are very juvenile. The acting is very, uh, it's either wooden juvenile. or over the top. Hmm? Juvenile. Yeah. 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 It just, I mean, the, there are so many things that happen that, you know, it just like opens up doors to, you know, what that would mean. You know, like like if you just teleport celebrities around willy nilly, it means more than just, you know, oh, he's just a little inconvenience. He's going to walk out kind of peeve. There are like exponential situations that that, you know, for real life that that, you know, the ability to teleport people around is, you know, enormously huge. 
that's not just gonna you don't just gloss over that you know and you for for a fucking joke or whatever you know the ability to replicate food that's huge you know let's say all these different things and they're and they're just thrown around like for for the for the sake of one pun or whatever i mean seriously if you can make a like a truckload of twonkies why aren't you going to go deliver them to the homeless i mean you can feed people exactly that's what i'm saying it's like there's so many more things that they're that that they're opening up in a a realistic world where you you know we're in you know i don't know how what i'm trying to say but it's just not coming out but for the sake of, of for the sake of a really bad joke they're just creating alternate rules to physics and it's just it's kind of you know it's it's like i understand you're supposed to be witches but like if you're gonna explore the whole side of you know we can do all this kind of stuff let's really explore that let's not just gloss over it for a fucking joke now if they would have touched on all that that would have made it a much more interesting show if she transported in sync to a party and then even if she transported them back their managers are like where did you go right you know yeah, they, yeah. yeah. there are going to be people around them you know celebrities have handlers for instance you know it's like it's just there, there's ramifications for for doing things. You can't just because you're a witch do something because because you can. And it's like the truth sprinkles episode. You know, it's like I, mean, I don't know. I, I get really I, I get annoyed by the fact that you you do some something and then you just erase it by saying, oh well, we're a witch, so we'll just you know go back in time or whatever, and it didn't happen. Or, you know, it's like that's just bad lazy writing. But the truth sprinkles weren't erased. But they weren't really truth sprinkles. You find out at the end. Well, just the ones she got. True. But I mean, 24 hours later, though, I mean, you just back to normal. There well, were no like, you know, I mean, it's not like anybody remembered what they said. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Did they? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. The principal's like, that wasn't me. Somebody was impersonating. It was oh, a doppelganger. That's right. That's right. That's right. Now, yeah. here, here's another. But there, were, there were no long lasting repercussions from any of no. that, though. Here, here's uh, another. Uh, <laughs> I love I love pulling this stuff on you. The creators of this show. There is a one Nell Scovell who is a writer for such classics as NCIS, Warehouse 13, Charmed, and the remake of The Muppet. Really? Okay. Oh, yeah. Those huh. are all... Now... Like... Okay, go ahead. All right. Yeah, The Muppets was a good show. Yeah, it was. And, and so was CSI. Or NC... Yeah, CSI. NCIS? No, no, no. NCIS. The one oh, where NCIS? The... Yeah, that's the, oh. one, that's the one where two yeah, people, the Mark goth Harmon, chick, and yeah. the two people are, yeah. Typing on yeah. a keyboard at the same and time. My dad, my dad was a big fan of NCIS, so I've seen plenty of it, and it's not real good. Warehouse 13 has a had a huge following. It was pretty okay. I will say that was pretty good. Now it was also created by a one Jonathan Schmock. Who is Jonathan Schmock? You better not be looking it up. I want this off the top of your head, Pat. Who's Jonathan? Oh, no, Schmock? no idea. I have no idea. Joel, I don't either. Uh-uh. I've I don't never know. heard Josh? that name. Did he invent the artist Schmock? Close. He was a writer on Dharma and Greg, okay, and also was the guy who played the Mater D at the restaurant in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, that guy. That dude. Oh. If I'm gonna get busted by somebody, be, it's not gonna be not by gonna him. Be that guy. <laughs> so yeah, so those are the two creators of this show. Snooty, snotty. So, um, uh, yeah. So I. I'd like to say that I really got into this show and delved into it and watched a bunch more and all that, but I would be lying because I was lying. I watched three shows and cashed in my chips and said, that's all I got to watch for this episode and I'm done. Yeah, I, I I got to the end of the third episode. I'm like, I can't do anymore. I can't. Yeah. It hurt. Well, I did five myself. Ooh, look at you. It hurt. Yeah. Taking one for the team. 
and it doesn't get better. I mean, I, I literally looked up like best episode and watched that episode. And I'm like, this is the best one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So to cleanse our palate, we're all going to go eat some pork. I don't know why they said that. But now I kind of want to. I know. I want I want a pork chop Ooh. now. Oh. Pork chop sandwiches. Pork chop sandwiches. <laughs> My God, it smells delicious. Get out of here, man. Um. All right. When we come back, we are going to talk about Sabrina. The what is it? The dark, the creepy the adventure, chilling, adventure. Chilling, the chilling adventures of Sabrina. Um, and I think the conversation may go a little bit differently. All right, we'll be back in a little bit. Take us out, keyboard Joel. Okay. <laughs> We are back, and we are talking about The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Uh, this recently just came out in 2018. Uh, as, as her 16th birthday nears, Sabrina must choose between the witch world of her family and the human world of her friends, based upon the Archie comic. Uh, just, I think it released on Halloween, didn't it? Right around. Yeah, right around that time it released. Um, this stars a... Whoop, a one, Kiernan Shipka. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, said that right. Uh, mm-hmm. Who is also known as playing Sally Draper from Mad Men, doing the voice of Jenora from The Legend of Korra. And uh, a very, un- in my think, underrated movie called Carriers. Never seen it. Me uh, on my list for a long time. Yeah, it's uh, she plays Jody in that, along with uh, a cr- uh, opposite uh, Chris Pine. So that one came all out in 2009. Um, post-apocalyptic virus movie. Honestly, a lot, a lot more realistically played than I would give things credit for. So uh, I really enjoyed it. Either way. Uh, also a Ross Lynch as Harvey Kinkle. Hmm. Uh, poor Harvey. I know. Who plays Jeff Dahmer in My Friend Dahmer. Poor oh. Dahmer. Yeah, I know, right? Wait, what? He plays... He plays... <laughs> Wait. Joel, you're a little bit too close to that subject. I think you should step <laughs> out. Um, Lucy Davis as Hilda Spellman. Uh, as you may remember her as Etta from Wonder Woman or Diane from Shaun of the Dead. That's oh, for... fucking weird. Oh, yeah. Okay. Good one. Yeah. And oh, my God. And I watched I watched this and then I watched Shaun of the Dead again because I'm like, oh, my God, that's Lucy Davis. I recognize her. And um, Peter Sankovitz, Serafinovitz, whatever his name is. Serafinovitz. Him, too. Yeah, he's in there, too. Yep. He's the roommate. Yeah, he's the roommate. And who was the other guy? Who was um, who was uh, Lucy's? Who was Diane's? Oh, uh, Dylan Moran. Oh, yeah, from Black Martin Books. From Freeman's Black Books. Yeah, he's in there, too. Martin Freeman's in it, too. Yeah, he is. God. Along with um, when they do the, the walk-by of all the friends, the copycat friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Martin Freeman is one of them. And then there's another guy that plays the Ed character. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of his name now. Either way. Famous. My, my point Anne is, Margaret. Anne Margaret Anne is Margaret. correct. Yes. Anne um, my, uh, my reasoning is that we have to find a reason to watch black books. Okay. Yes. Uh, this also stars chance Perdomo. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays Ambrose Spellman, who is bound to the house, who is known as playing Hamish Kingsley in Shakespeare and Hathaway, uh, is also on the uh, Midsummer Murders, which is, uh, in looking at the ratings, believe it or not, my parents' number one Netflix TV show. Really? Yes, by like a dude, like two hundred plus hours of the Midsummer Murders. He might be my favorite part of this show. He's he might be mine as well. He definitely plays it up. He is. He, I I like him a lot in this one. Uh, but also, in, but in a good way. You know, it, it's a good kind of scenery chewing. Yeah, I mean, he he's not. He's he's just as cheesy as he needs to be. Yeah. Uh, this also stars Michelle Gomez. Uh, as hey. as Mary Wardwell and Madam Satan. Uh, she's also been on Doctor Who. She's ah. Missy. She's you know she's all over the place. Uh, Jazz Sinclair as Rosalind Walker as one of her friends. Um, for you know again at this point it's in the uh, shows everything that they're known for is going to be Sabrina the Teenage Witch unless you're of course Michelle Gomez. Uh, Teddy Gabrielle as Prudence Knight as one of the um. Ah, oh, what's the word? Josh just missed it. She's the sisters, the weird sisters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's one of the yeah. weird sisters, and she played Addie in the Emoji movie. Ah, and Gaia from the 100. Oh, I've never seen that, but I kind of want to. Yeah, it's, on, again, on my list. I really would like to see it. I like the like the concept of it, but at the same time, I don't know if I really want to dump the time into that. Uh, Adeline Rudolph as... Agatha, who's another one of the Weird Sisters. This is her debut. A one Richard Coyle, who we all remember from uh, Scoupling. Oh yeah, I recognized him, but I wasn't sure from where. Yeah, he was the he was basically the um, Joey from Coupling, which was of course the precursor to Friends, what Friends ripped off to create it. So he played Jeffrey in Coupling, uh, and also in one of my favorite Irish sci-fi horror movies ever. <laughs> Broad category for you. I know, right? <laughs> he played Garda Shiran O'Shea in Grabbers. If you have not seen it, see it. I, I'm just yeah. gonna say it's a lot better. It's it's in the same genre for me as uh um like Gremlins. It's Irish hmm. Gremlins. So I've seen it. Good stuff. Miranda Otto as Yay. Zelda Spellman, who you may remember as Eowyn from Lord of the Rings. Yes. Never seen it's it. Amazing. I oh, should slap your bitch ass down. You I made me no have man. to drink. All right. So one of the other I weird sisters. I won't argue sisters. with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Abigail Abigail Cohen as Dorcas, another one of the weird sisters, who is in Stranger Things as Vicky. Yay. Yay for Vicky. And something called Wisdom of the Crowd and the Fosters and Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Uh. I was a completely astounded by one Bronson Pichon, who plays Bronson. the principal. Oh, Larry Appleton. And here's the thing, is you look up his IMDb, he's known for playing Elliot Blitzer in True Romance before yes. he's anything else. So As it should be. It should. And also after that, he's known as playing Sergei from Beverly Hills Cop. So, Which was a pretty fun role. It really was. He, he did great at that one. Sarah Jane Redmond as Miss Kemper. Um, known for Special Agent in Charge from the X-Files, I Want to Believe, and Tibby's Mother from the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Huh. Yes. Uh, Mr. Kemper, the husband, uh, is played by Kurt Max Runty, who is known uh, from playing... He's got a good, nest, good things here. He's known as playing Buddy from Aliens vs. Predator Requiem. 
Nicholas Nachachos in Electra, Crow's Nest Techno Tech Number Two in Godzilla, and X2 X Men United, where he plays Chief of Staff Abrams. He's kind of all over the place. That guy. That guy. And then Susie Putnam, another one of Sabrina's best friends, who's known for Passing, where she played in the makeup department. <laughs> Uh, good on her. You know, she's she's gone from the makeup department to actually being in front of the camera. I I appreciate that. Yeah. So some sh- some show trivia. Over a Joel and Josh will dig this. Over a hundred and fifty paintings were contributed by Clive Barker to use for the show. If you don't know, really cool. Do not know who Clive Barker is. He is the mind behind Hellraiser and Candyman, among other things. Nightbreed. Nightbreed. Yes, I know. Totally underrated. Uh, this show takes place in the same universe as the CW series Riverdale. There are references within the show, which is based on the Archie comics and featured Sabrina as a character who later received her own dark comic series. But we knew that. Yeah, there was uh, thought uh, by the showrunner of actually including Sabrina in Riverdale and decided that the idea was too big. He wanted to actually do Chilling Adventures. And he was right. Yeah, he was correct, yes. Yeah. Uh, Sabrina's last name is Putnam. The Putnam family was one of the families behind the real-life Salem witch trials and accusing people of being witches. Sabrina's principal is named George Hawthorne. The Hawthorne family has its ties in the real-life Salem witch trials also, as Judge John Hawthorne was the judge that proceeded over the trials that condemned people to death for being witches. Yep. Also uh, related to Nathaniel Hawthorne of uh, the Scarlet Letter fame. Yeah. Wow. I bet they don't bring him up at dinner parties. Hey, well, a lot of his writing was a uh, basically a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A, a uh, my family was shit. A <laughs> rebuke of his family. Wow. The stuff you learn. <laughs> the more you know. All right. So uh, Richard Coyle starved and starved. No, he didn't. Richard <laughs> Coyle. Apparently not. If you look him right now, uh, Richard Coyle starred in the British sitcom Coupling, which we talked about, with Jack Davenport, husband of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina co-star Michelle Gomez. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. So that's a, ten, that's a tenuous link. Well, uh, he Jack Davenport. You let's see. He was in Coupling, but you may know him better as Norrington from the Pirates of the Caribbean or Lancelot from the Kingsman. Okay. I don't think yeah, or he, you may not. Yes, you will. Pat, okay, here's the line. You by you by far are the worst pirate I've ever heard of. That's his. That's uh, his one of his more. You have heard fam- of me. You have heard of me. That's one of his more famous lines. He's the he's the guy who works for the shipping company. He, he's not. I know. I, no, I know exactly what he's talking about. I'm just saying what? it's like this is uh, okay. So one guy used to work with the husband of one of the other people on the show. That's not exactly. It's trivial. Which that's, is that, we, even even for even for trivia, that's trivial. Well, I I get down to the minutia, bitch. Anyway. <laughs> all right. Well, if you feel that strongly about it, I'll shut up. You should. All right. So when Sabrina <laughs> is reading her father's diary, there's a little bit of spoilers in this one. When she gets a hold of and is reading her father's diary, you could read the name Valak the Defiler, the Profane, the Marquis of Snakes in the diary, which is the main character of the movie from The Conjuring 2. That's really interesting to me. I I mean, I know it's just a little thing, but no, it's yeah, that's. I mean, we've said it before. It, that's why they call it trivia. You know, it's little bitty shit that you find out there. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah. So first episode is called 
October country. While Greendale readies for a Halloween eclipse, Sabrina faces a crucial decision and Harvey makes an unexpected declaration. Uh, that really sums up the show poorly. Yes. <laughs> uh, anything that you're expecting, if you're expecting, if you haven't heard the Archie show, and are expecting Sugar Sugar and all that, you're going to be... Oh, honey, honey. Yeah. You're going to be upset. You're not going to have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> well, whereas this show does have some loose similarities to the show we talked about in the first half, it is a yeah, like, like entirely the, the, different show. The the um the structure is yeah. there, the house structure is there, but all the furniture and all the walls are different. <laughs> Cat doesn't talk. You know, the ants aren't. Yeah, that, that was like I forgot to mention yeah. in the first half of the show. That was the best part of the whole show was the cat. Honestly, I even have a cat with black, the uh, black cat with gold eyes that I named Salem. So that's how much I like that. Cat. Are you that big of a fan of the show? No, I just like that cat. Sure. I like I said I'd never seen the show before. I just when I mm-hmm. ended up with a black cat with gold eyes, I'm like, well, I guess I, I guess Salem is the obvious name. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would think so. Yeah. Pat's got the box set. I can't. I, got, I refuse to believe they made a box set. I got a. I got a box set. All right. Pat had a commission specially for him. <laughs> anyway, yes, this is this is this is like I won't say polar opposite of the other show, but it's it's pretty pretty much the other side of the spectrum. Well, I yeah. think it it draws into what Pat and Josh were saying at the end of the last segment. If this was actually a thing where you could pull celebrities out of their show and pull people out of their events or whatever and bring them to you immediately, the immediate amount of shit that it would cause would be destructive to the entire witch society as a whole. And I think this show actually takes that shit, takes it serious. At least much more seriously than the first show. Oh, by far. Yeah. There's I mean, there, there are real life consequences to things that you do, and you know, as a witch in this show, which is nice. Got that going uh-huh. for me. Which is nice. Nah, I didn't even get that. But yeah, it's like it's it's not just used for comedic purpose and then thrown away. You know, it's like like things have real world real world consequences. You know, they have different. This is one of the things I like about this show and this universe so far, at least, is you know. They set up different rules, and so far, from what I've seen in the first four episodes I've seen, they stick with their rules. They mm-hmm. don't just create a rule for one episode so they can get a, a, a storyline out and then forget that rule the next episode. You know, they, they stick with it, you know, and it seems like it's very uh, very well thought out and cohesive so far. Yeah. It's also really interesting how hardcore they double down on the witches and Satan connection. Yeah, Holy sure. crap. For yeah? sure. There's a lot of Satan love in this. Well, yeah. It gets to the point where uh, they were sued by the Church of Satan for using a statue of Baphomet. And it wasn't just that they were using a statue of Baphomet. They were using a particular representation of Baphomet that was copyrighted and trademarked by the Church of Satan. Yeah. yeah, and that was that was used in like you know political uh, statements. You know, wherever they put the Ten Commandments, that was the statue that they you know petitioned to get put up to, and they used that exact statue. Yeah. Yeah, I and, and okay, you know where fun- I stand on the whole thing, but I do have to say, if they're doubling down, they're doubling down fine on this. I mean, they are not pulling any punches with with what's going on. It's it's there's no oh, but we're good witches. It's like no. Yeah. Sign this book. Your soul belongs to Satan. We'll just roll with the rest. I mean, there's going to be some bad shit, but you're going to get a lot of cool powers. <laughs> yeah. It lends some weight to her decisions in these first couple of episodes 
where she has been brought up in this, and this is something that's normal in her family, but she's just like, but should it be, though? Yeah. Right. She's questioning it, just like, you know, a lot of people do with their their chosen faith, and she's no different. You know, she's like, oh, I'll call with the whole really cool powers, but the eternal damnation side of things. Not quite so sure Can we rethink that? I mean, it's, and let's see, it was episode, yeah, Dark Baptism, episode two. Uh, A legendary guest visits Spellman Mortuary. Ambrose explores, explores a grim revelation, and Sabrina stuns the coven with a shocking announcement where she's supposed to sign her name into Satan's book, and she's just like, nope, and she nopes out of there and leaves. Well, because she sees an apparition or ghosts or projection or whatever of her parents telling her to run. Yeah. I thought it's because she used tree sprinkles. (laughs) Now I'm disappointed in you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the other thing... Oh, oh, go ahead, please. I was just going to say, I was a little surprised that they resolved the whole what am I going to do about signing my name in the book thing so early. I, I expected that to last like half mm. the first season. It, I think, honestly, I think resolved should be in quotes there. But I, I do appreciate that because I, it, it would have felt to me like fa- false drama, you know, if you drag it out too long because you know she's going to sign it because she has to because the show, you know, has four seasons or whatever, you know. All right, or I'm calling out spoilers right now. Her name was already in there. Yeah, you know, which, which was an interesting. Yeah, that was a little, little twist, twist I did not see. By the way, that book should be way, way messier than it is because <laughs> of all the blood. Yeah, because I mean, if they're doing it all the way they did it for her, where they did cut your your palm and then the blood goes that goes down there and you and it wells up and you, you suck it into the pan and sign. There should be a lot of blood blotches all over that thing. It shouldn't all just be written, you know, in perfect cursive, the same fucking handwriting, every single name. By the there, way, too. there should be more pages stuck together than Patrick's library. A hundred percent. Yeah. One word for you, Patrick. Satan. <laughs> oh, by the way, yeah. The other thing about the whole, you know, the gratuitous use of the, you know, of of the Satan worship thing is like the difference between the Church of Satan and what they're doing in this show is the Church of Satan. Even though they call themselves the Church of Satan, they don't actually believe in like a mythical demon beast Satan. It's just they're just the whole. The, the only reason they call themselves that is because that is known as the opposite of Christianity. So it's not like they're not they're not like the, the actual legal Church of Satan. The, the the people that you know putting up the Baphomet statue, they don't even believe in Satan. They just that's just like sure. a title, and you know. Of course, it's not meant to be a, a documentary on the actual Church of Satan, right? And so I can see why they have a problem with. It. Yeah, but I mean, the whole connection of Satan with witches, like that, predates their movement. For so, sure. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a little bit more complicated. And they never use the phrase Church of Satan. They call themselves the, the Dark Church. Isn't that what it is? The Dark something. Uh, the dark. I don't know. I'm on the, I'm on the, the other factor. side of the line. I don't know why you're asking me. <laughs> no, I'm talking about in this show. Oh. They call them they call themselves like the, the Dark Church or something. The Dark Lord for sure, but I can't yeah. remember. You know? Yeah, I can't remember what they call them. Ex- when either. she gets excommunicated, yeah, you're excommunicated from the something, yeah, whatever. Anyway. So they don't even use the phrase Church of Satan, but like you said, that is 100% the actual statue that they used in that. Yeah, I remember I remember that coming out, too, that where they were like, whoa, back it up. I mean, because it was literally, they used that like two weeks after that statue showed up in the news. Was it that soon? That's it was funny. It was pretty damn quick. It was like that, that thing, I remember that thing showing up in the news, and then it was like 
then suddenly there was a um, suddenly there was a lawsuit about it, and they I think they settled out of out of uh, out of yeah, court. Yeah, they on made, that they one. settled. So yeah, they did settle. Um, what about you know this is something that this show kind of did that Riverdale did, which is to to not candy coat things. There's lots of violence. There's lots of blood. There's lots of actual issues going on that they're using as kind of plot devices, like her friend that you know harassed and bullied and literally beaten because of who she is um and her kind of trying to find ways to fight back without necessarily using her magic i don't know there's a nice kind of teen drama thing happening that's not pandering if that makes sense but it's still far less interesting than the witch side of things obviously sure but but it's a nice way to kind of tie in some other aspects so it's not just like you know we're casting spells. There's a call. Down. <laughs> you know, Did you guys see the episode where um, they introduced uh, that girl's uncle who had gone down in the mines and had kind of gone a little crazy? Yes. I only saw the first three episodes. I've seen I've seen the episode where they bring him back. Yeah, I have a huge seen... problem with that whole plot line. Why? You're trying to tell me that there's a human being living in your room upstairs that you pretty much just sedate and ignore like you're saying he doesn't get fed he doesn't go to the bathroom he doesn't like how do you just have a man that's gone crazy just living in your house up in a room and just no one ever does anything for you and when he rings the bell we act like it's a huge fucking oh it's so you know well i don't know how about we ask the people that live with you pat Uh, Uh, yeah her dad definitely takes care of her but i'm just saying like he goes away and like you know I don't know. I just I had a whole. I think the issue is that like Susie isn't supposed to interact one on one with her uncle, and her dad is like uh, he'll he'll be fine for like a day. He doesn't do anything. He he doesn't need a bunch of calories for his like risk vigorous movement around the house. He's chained to a bed. Right. And her yeah. dad is not like a, a champion guy anyway in the first place. Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's not like, you know, completely egregious. I just didn't like it. I thought it was a little bit meh. And they definitely go into that more. I mean, I, I binge-watched this show. Like, I know, spoiler, I loved it, considering Sarah and I sat down and watched the whole thing in three days and watched the Christmas special the day it came on Netflix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is my jam. One of my favorite shows on Netflix. I'm four episodes into it myself, and I actually do like it. I don't love it, but I like it. Uh, it was it was kind of funny. Um, I was very excited. Well, not excited. That's not the right word. But I was uh, when, when when I found out we were going to do this. I told my sister at one point, just in passing, and she said, you know, oh well, you know, Ava wants to watch that. You know, um, my little ten year old niece. So I'm like, well, why don't you watch the first episode with me, and we can see what we think if it's good. For-. About halfway through it, we're like, yeah, nope. <laughs> 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 nope. This was, it was a it was bad idea. Intense. Yeah, during the scissor stab in the next scene and the and the and the you know mucking the hand around in the blood, we're both like, yeah, maybe not. And then you know, definitely by the end of it, we're like, no, not at all. This is not good for a ten-year-old. Yeah, but I, it's still you know it's still entertaining and good, and I like it. You know, it's got a little bit of camp to it, but not much. What about that Daniel Webster? I I didn't I didn't have a problem with that character. I liked it. I think all the characters have played a decent if not valuable role to the progression of the plot it doesn't seem like there's a lot of characters that are a throw-off kind of you know oh i'm just here for the one episode type of character everybody you know everybody's in if you've been introduced to them 
everybody's in for the whole ride. Like the whole episode, like I personally was expecting um, Bronson Pichon to be a one one hit wonder on this. I was expecting Dude, that, that scene when the devil was talking through him was really good. That oh, yeah. he he is really impressing me on this. Right. I mean, he's he's got chops that I was not expecting for a guy who was in a sitcom that I used to watch. In a sitcom that featured so many suspenders. Hey, it was the 80s. Suspenders were the thing, dude. But yeah, I, I think yeah. everybody that you're going to see in this show, it's not going to be a lot of one-offs. It's not going to be a lot of, uh, like, get like in the previous episode. Oh, we're not going to see the, this guest star ever again. I think it's going to be these people are in. If they're being introduced into the plot, they're going to come up again. Everybody's on this ride, and everybody's going down to the end. When are Penn and Teller coming? Hopefully, never. I, I as much as I, <laughs> I as much as I love Penn and Teller, I would be extremely disappointed if they showed up in this. I would like to see Teller by himself in like a little cameo. Like he doesn't say anything; he just does something really creepy. He's like a serial killer or something. Yeah, I think they did that uh, for him on. I think it was Babylon Five. Oh, nice, cool. And what about Daniel Webster? I don't know if you guys heard me earlier. Yeah, I, and I answered that. I said that oh, okay. I had no problem with that character. I liked him. I just thought it was interesting, the whole devil and Daniel Webster. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, it was fun. I mean, I was a little like, oh, of course he lives in this city. And then they explained why. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll let it go. <laughs> I'll allow it. That's, that's the thing I do like about this is that when there is a situation, everything – I don't say everything gets explainable, but it's one of those things like, oh, everything makes sense within the plot line in the world that they have created. And that's what I was talking about earlier. Is like, yeah, they set up some rules and they pretty much stick to them. You know, they, I mean, once something's kind of established, they don't they don't just suddenly abandon it later for you know for a plot point or something. At least four episodes in, that I haven't seen yeah. that. Yeah, and if there are exceptions well, to the rules, it's because magic makes exceptions. And when you try to break rules with magic, there's always a cost. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like because they they they've already created their own loophole in their rules to make it possible later for things to happen that they don't have to worry about it breaking the show, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing that did the Daniel Webster thing that kind of uh, was nice that it kind of set up the reality of what they were doing because he's, you know, he's like, I wanted to be the the greatest lawyer in the world. Well, I was granted that ability, but I was only, you know, I was trying these horrible cases with these people that should never have gotten free that I was, you know, helping to get off and which then ultimately resulted in the death of my daughter. And it's just like, you know, there's a cost with all of this. And I thought that was a nice way to kind of drive home her reason for not wanting to sign the book. And just the idea of this mortal who is kind of an expert on their world because it burned him so hard and he'd already been exposed to it. I, I thought his character was really cool. And he's yeah, the only mm-hmm. mortal that's allowed in their court and everything and, and to see the behind the scenes and all the stuff. and blah blah. Yeah, That got scene was fantastic. Hell. The courtroom scene? Yeah. What were those fucking three beast things? Are I don't know, but Josh? I loved them. Josh, are they ever explained? Uh, I don't think they are. They're the judges, man. They're just yeah. there yeah, and being creepy. I, 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 I will take no explanation over a bad explanation almost any day. Yeah. And strangely, this show, as dark as it is, is in some ways lighter than the comic book it's based on. Like, I want to say near the beginning of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Cthulhu ends up getting summoned. Jesus. <laughs> I was going to say, that comic book must be pretty fucking dark then. Go big or go home. 
Yeah, where do you go from Cthulhu? Like, I don't, if he's your big bad evil guy, how, you know, what are you going to do in season two? Huh. You can't just bring in a, a, a regular warlock. Well, folks, we've blown the wad. It was a good run. <laughs> <laughs> now we present Gonzo the Magnificent. Yeah, and, and in fact, if I remember right, uh, in the comic book, she he's not only is he summoned, but later she's forced to marry him. <laughs> okay, now what, we just took a turn a for the weird. Strange honeymoon. Right? Huh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm trying to figure that out, like... <laughs> don't, don't, don't. You'll go mad just like if you looked at him. I mean, where do things go? <laughs> just watch some, some hentai. You'll figure it out. Oh, I've watched plenty of hentai, man. I Then you should know. You should know. <laughs> I'm just wondering, like, is it is it pixelated? No. Oh. I just thought everything was. I thought just thought Jap- Japanese people bits were like that. They had. Like, <laughs> they were just eight. I bit thought they were just like Legos. Eight <laughs> vagina. We have gone way off the rails. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um. So yeah. So we're we were talking about episodes, weren't we? So chapter three, the trial, which we just finished talking about, and. That's as far as we were supposed to watch. I mean, for the show, because we didn't want to go too far into it. I'm curious, how deep have all of us gone into this episode, this show so far? I am at episode... I'm picking up an episode nine right now. And Josh is balls deep. Yeah, all of them. Nice. Some of them twice. I'm four episodes in, and I plan on watching more. Um, yeah, I... I'm not, I'm not like, like I said, I'm not crazy in love with it, so I'm not sure I will, but I, I think I'm going to keep watching it. I, I did the three that that we had, but I was in, enjoying it a lot, primarily between Michelle Gomez, Bronson, and Bronson Pinchot, that was enough. But uh, Kieran and Shipka just kind of really embodies that role in a lot of way, and it's she's fun to watch. So I, yeah, I she's, plan on she's watching so the charming. Yeah. I'm, I'm having a good time with her, too. I like her as a character and as an actress. Yeah, and, and she plays I, she plays the plucky heroine without being the girl power. Too... Yeah, and without being too, uh, yeah, that uh, precocious, you know. Right. Yeah, like I'm going to rebel against the Church of Satan because that's what I do. You know, it's like she has actual reasoning for what she's doing behind there, where she's like, okay, the ghost of my parents said this may be a bad idea. Yeah, and and like the whole um the whole scene when she's talking to Ambrose before she the before she goes off for her first day at the school, and she's like. Oh yeah, I'm just gonna learn all this stuff so I can take down the Dark Lord. And like, she's not doing it, making a big deal out of it. She's like, it's just so matter of fact. That's why I'm doing it. Yeah. All right. Well, Later. She, <laughs> she does feed into a, a lot of the okay. I'm rebelling against one traditional power structure in my family. I'm gonna do it also in the world. But given her generation and what she's going through, if she didn't, it would be weird. Mm-hmm. Like if, if she's gonna fight Satan, but like let the principal treat girls like shit, it would be a dissonant note. I mean, that doesn't make sense for a girl her age in current society who's going through what she's going through. For sure. I I 100% agree with that. Even though I don't necessarily find them compelling, it is within the character. You know, all the, all the high school scenes, it is within her character. I do, and that's the other thing I do have to say about this is that there is no, there is no out of character episode. There is not an episode where one of the one of the ants does something just because it might be quirky and witty and that sort of thing. It's everybody stays within character. Everybody stays within what their motivations would be and what their background would be. So uh, I don't know how deep you I, mean, I know now how deep you've gotten, Pat. But um, Lucy Davis as Hilda Spellman, there is an episode coming up where 
everybody starts reliving and having nightmares about what's going on in their lives. They get trapped by a nightmare demon. Oh, and yeah. It, great episode. And by the end, almost every major character, uh, like the, the rest of the Scooby gang, you're going to get a lot of insight into who they are, where they came from, what they're all about. Mm-hmm. Um, that's and that's what I liked about that episode is that they use that less as a oh here's what I'm afraid of episode to here's what's motivating me here's what this character's fears are and here's what this character uh, is most afraid of and they never address it at the end of the episode it's this whole yes I was in your dreams I know what you're afraid of I know what your biggest fear is but I'm not going to say it out loud. Because that's for you to deal with. Yeah, I think it's it gets to some of its most interesting when when the lines between the witch world and the high school world start to blur, and you get to see what happens with uh, Harvey and Rosalind and Susie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's honestly it's a fun show. It really is. It is definitely more than I was expecting it to be after knowing that Sabrina the Teenage Witch existed. <laughs> well, you also have to consider that many of us, when we saw Riverdale, like binge-watched Riverdale almost to the end, and this is by the same team, but more in our wheelhouse even than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to call it, and I'm going to say well, thumbs real quick, up. I would, what? I'm, I'm right. going to— the only no, my, my big moment that I had a oh come on this is bullshit moment was in episode oh, no. four when she was going through her father's journal and 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 trying to figure out the puzzle thing and like it was just, it was one of those like Ready Player One moments where I'm like are you really gonna try and tell me that no one who studied this has has noticed this before it's such an obvious thing like there's a giant picture of a woman with her eyes closed. And no one has thought, oh, I'm going to close my eyes while I do this thing. And no one noticed all the folds and could switch. But no one's ever noticed any of that before, huh? I mean, I think it was a combination of you had to both do those things and know her father at least. I, I, granted, she didn't know him well, but like her parents have kind of been her obsession her whole life. Without that context of actually being uh, in the family, I don't know that you could get all the way to the finish line. line. I don't know. Maybe. Shut up, Pat. Just swallow it. They, they, I mean, they did make a big point of like, you know, he, he is my father. It is his journal and all that kind of stuff. So maybe there's some in the story to that. Yeah, I mean, it's no more BS than when similar things happen in Harry Potter or any of these other. Well, yeah, but I'm, I'm putting this on a higher uh, plane of accountability, for lack of a better word, than Harry Potter. I, guess, I, think yeah. th I think this is better writing, personally. Oh, yeah. I mean, as far, as far as just sticking to realism, I mean, I don't mean like anything about, you know, characters or motivating him. Yeah. I mean, for as real as a show about witches and <laughs> right. things. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they do, they do as much as they can for trying to stick to the, the real life consequences <laughs> and that kind of stuff. But, you know, I mean, there's never real life consequences in anything in Harry Potter. But whenever anything happens, they always just magically wipe it all away and it's all safe and fine and everything's oh, yeah. good. Time These parents are dead. You didn't watch it all the way to the end, did you? I did, yeah, for sure. I did. I mean, I know that some I'm going to say, there's died, some but... consequences by the end. Yeah, but I mean, come on. I mean, you know that, you know, Harry, Ron, and Hermione are never going to die, for instance, you know? I don't okay. I've, I've kind of lost my track here, but I'm, my point being, I like this, is my point. Fair. But the one, there are some things that have You I've just kind of walked been... entirely around the block just to go next door. That's what he does. I so know. I guess that's yeah. a thumbs up for Pat. That's going to say, have you, have you not met me? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Joel, yeah, thumbs, thumbs up, down, thumbs down. Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs up for thumbs me. Thumbs down, thumbs up, okay. 
Yeah, Sabrina the original, big thumbs down in the dirt. Want to kick it in the crotch? Wow, and, uh, that the was new one. A lot more. Of... <laughs> it's a thumbs up, definitely. Yeah, I mean the original. I was not looking forward to it. I remember hating it, and watching it again has somehow made me lesser. <laughs> has decreased the overall value of my life having watched more of it. <laughs> uh, for the original one, thumbs down, and I will eat its babies in front of it. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to up, up the ante on this one. <laughs> I will find everyone involved with Sabrina, the original TV show, and I will burn their houses. Down I'm going to it. find that Mater D, and I'm going to kick his ass. Um, <laughs> who thought made you think that you could invent things? Uh, <laughs> the second one, Sabrina and the Dark, and all that other stuff. It's exactly what I want. I did not know that I needed this show, but I am glad that I have found it. So thumbs up. All right, so Joel, next week. Ah, 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 ah. We're doing the tool show. Uh, please what? don't do that at all next or ever. All next week. Yeah. As as Joel attempted to do, we're we're talking about repairs, home yeah. repairs, tools, and that sort of thing, which we initially were like, what the heck? But then we realized how many times we were told by our dad, come downstairs and help me fi- help me fix this. Or you're, you're you're useless. Just hold the light. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about the time Mike and I tried to fix a, a, a headlight lamp in his, <laughs> his car and had to be saved by his father. <laughs> so if uh, you've got something to say about uh, Sabrina, uh, either the original or the Chilling Adventures, let us know. Give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Yep. And uh, you can find our older stuff, as I said before, iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Podverse FM, Noon FM iHeartRadio and Podchaser where you can come out and give us a review please do let us know how we're doing it's a new year it's a new new us maybe kind of I don't know kind of yeah, I'm pretty much the same me so but yeah either way uh, thanks for listening and we will back next week with our tools in hand <laughs> oh god damn it it's gonna be a whole week of this Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 273 of 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. God damn it. I'm Patrick, (laughs) and I'm Joel. (laughs) Let's reset. What the fuck (laughs) happened there? What happened? Joel was changing colors on the So's Your Face comment in the show. No, I was doing that. You were doing that? Where'd Joel go? Joel? Uh, We lost Joel. Well, that's a good thing that... I'm not the one who missed my cue. You did! What, yes, you did! I said, I'm Patrick, and then you didn't say <laughs> anything. No, you said, I'm Mike, and then it went silent. <laughs> no, dude, your no, internet is ah. You lost connection or something. Oh, it's going to be a long night. At oh, least well. it's an hour earlier than we normally start this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. <laughs> uh, Joel? Oh, God. What? <laughs> what? He said Joel like 10 seconds ago. What? We're just making sure you're here. I'm here. I just, when you went silent, I was like, well, somebody's got to fill it in. So I did. But he didn't go silent. He did. That's the thing. I didn't go silent. Everybody, we, I said something. I said what I said, and you didn't say anything because you didn't hear me. That's the problem. So you cut out or something. Y'all cut out. <laughs> so let's try it again. What's <laughs> <laughs> more from the top? All right. At least I got a stinger now. <laughs> All right.
Hello, Smithers. You're very good at turning on. You should probably ignore that. <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one.